so Jessie Edwards and you were the uh, Radio Apprentice with BBC Cymru Wales. So, um, yeah, as Julie Andrew says, start at the very beginning, very good place to start. And I'm not going to sing, not now. Right. Sound of music. I'll do, I'll do that later. Um, first time we met you uh, as Gil Cymru, now we met you in Envis in one of our big workshops, didn't we? When the first yeah. time you applied for an apprenticeship. So I'm Those, taking uh, you right to the right to the very beginning now. Cast your mind back. Little you want Jesse. Me to go all the way back there. Yeah, little <laughs> Jesse with a mop of hair. Right. Yeah. That was doing what? Kind of the occasional stint in community radio. Yeah. Community radio here up here in the valleys, yeah. Yeah. In Ebervale? Ebervale. No, I was over in um technically Ebervale, Bramour. From okay. our radio, yeah, uh, yeah, is um, uh, um, and what were you doing? Just tell me roughly what you were doing there. Oh, well, I started there in 2015 and I first started off on a sports show. I had no idea about sport, it was just the only slot they had available, so I thought, yep, jump in there, gotta get in while you can, yeah. And um, basically, I was just a little assistant in the corner reading out the football scores whenever they would come in, and uh, from there, then. So that was on a Saturday, then you'd be doing that, would you? Saturday afternoon, two till yeah. five. Yeah, because because you had a different day job. Because this is the other thing that's interesting to people, I think, is that people mm. don't realise that you can come into this industry from anywhere and everywhere. Yeah, so. I had um, I had quite a few jobs within one year. Yeah, I had uh, up to five jobs. I was um, a shop assistant, a driver's mate. Uh, I kept up the volunteering on the side. And then I started working in a factory then, long term, uh, Monday to Friday. Started off uh, plastic injection moulding, basically just making plastic chairs. I love going into detail with that, but I'll spare all the pain <laughs> of it. So after that then, I went on to welding, which was shift work. So sometimes I'll be up all night. First time I ever pulled an all-nighter was working in a factory. So I was on nights constantly for six months. And then from there, then I managed to get lucky, get my way on to days and afternoons. Yeah. And I was welding when I applied for the apprenticeship, which I got. Yeah. So then what made you think in the middle of all this, this was what fascinates me really is, you know, people, and, and I was exactly the same a long, long, long time ago, people who were not from a family that is known for any media work or, you know, you haven't got an auntie that works in the BBC, for instance, mm. you know, it's not that kind of thing. You come from an area that's not known for recruiting um, or, you know, it's not where p traditionally road shows and stuff go to particularly. What, yeah. what made you think, oh, I really want to work in any kind of radio, I suppose, any kind of capacity? Well, I first came across radio by accident. I was uh, in comprehensive school and they make you pick work experience. I wanted to go and work in a video game shop. Okay. But because of like all, they didn't want me to go and work there. So they offered me either to go to a photography place or a radio station for two weeks. So I thought, oh, yeah, I'll pop along to the radio station. That was the one which I came back a few years later to volunteer in constantly. And I spent two weeks there, and I loved it. And they were showing me around, and I was like, it's actually quite nice. <laughs> Didn't feel like he was working at all. It was just fun. Yeah. And I still feel like that today. Yeah. yeah. And that's what's great about, um, I think, our jobs, isn't it? 
you know mm. if if you're having fun while you work it's not a job is it it's, exactly you know, it feels like your hobby basically mm. so then a year later then after we met you and, and this is the other thing that's good as well the other people who are trying for apprenticeships can understand that sometimes you don't get the apprenticeship that you applied for the first time round. You may have to try twice or three times for some people, three or four times. Mm. We've got a, um, a young man now, for instance, who's on a crew apprenticeship. He's applied. I think he's he's had his apprenticeship on the fourth time of trying, you know, and there's no shame at all on, in that. No, no, it depends trying, yeah. on, you know, you fit better at different times, I think, and the job fits you better. Um because was it a radio apprenticeship that you applied for right at the very beginning? The first right one? at the very beginning. It was. Yeah. I applied for um, journalism, ITV. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's when so I that, came into Enfest Studios. Yeah. So that's interesting, isn't it? So then the second time round, it was a radio apprenticeship. Second time around, I went to the BBC. Yeah. And um, the one good thing about the apprenticeships here in Wales is that we could specify where we wanted to go. Yeah. Because in other regions, other nations say like right do a lot of three months here three months there yeah. but i picked radio and i got my first choice yeah i was really happy and now you were radio wales straight yeah, away radio wales. talking bit... to the public from kind of do... day one yeah just um one of my earliest memories one of my favorite ones was getting an old man talking to him on the phone and i was like oh do you fancy coming on for a chat and you could just hear the excitement in his voice as he was, I don't know where he was going, he was running across his landing, I think, to tell his wife to be quiet because he was going to be on the radio. Oh, and that's one of my favourite memories, yeah. Yeah, that you, that you can make people stars, basically. Mm. Yeah. And that yeah. was right from the beginning, so that was a good start, really. Yeah, but you're very, very good at talking to people, aren't you, Jesse? You know, you're good, uh, you've got a nice personality and you're good at pu putting people at their ease, I think. You've always been one of those people that can talk to anybody. Well, I, I try to, yeah. Tell me uh, the programmes. You, you, you first went to work in Radio Wales, yes? Yeah, I started on Radio Wales. Yeah. The programme I started on was the Win Evans show, which is between 11 and 2 in the afternoon. And on that show, basically, is just, you know, the public of the stars. The motto of the show is to try and make Wales smile by 2 o'clock, which I uh, just, I love trying to trying to do that it's really nice <laughs> yeah I, I like that as well and you know Wayne is funny anyway isn't he you know and, and he's quite an engaging personality isn't he yeah we get phone calls all the time people love Wayne they all they ever want to talk about is Wayne because he is one of the biggest stars in Radio Wales if we're being honest <laughs> yeah you know the listeners yeah. love him so at the very beginning then what was your job there just I Started off I seem to remember, hang, hang on a minute now, Doug, but mm. see if I'm right. I seem to remember that you used to go in early and read newspapers and see if there were any interesting stories from the local newspapers, am I right? I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I used to go in with my little pair of scissors, used to go through all the newspapers, if I could find any quirky stories, cut them out, and then glue them to a piece of paper to take into the meeting. Uh, we had like an hour every morning to do that. And, it was, and and then they'd discuss whether it was worth what following up on those stories. Um, yeah, we we discuss whether they would be a good throw to like throw a question out to the public to answer, or if they'd just be a quick story in case we need to fill a segment or something. And yeah, I, I forgot about those really. Like, see, see, I remember because yeah. I was your assessor, so I kind of I remember, but that stuff. And then from there, then you used to 
do road shows and that kind of stuff as well. Did you not? Did you? I no, I never went out okay. in the public. I I went once or twice. I was to the Royal Welsh. Okay. And one of the rugby games, but that was an a popular thing. I only did it once or twice. Okay. So so you kind of your usual day job during the apprenticeship then. I'm usual day job. Um, basically, I start in the morning, go through the newspapers, like you said. Then we go into the daily meeting. I used to love the daily meeting because that's a good chance for everyone just to chat, catch up, have a good laugh. And after the meeting then, we'd have to basically follow up on what we mentioned, phone people, uh, brief, like if we got guests coming on from the Mystery Voice, just phone them up to see if they're still happy to chat, what are they up to today, what are they having for lunch, just ask them all questions like that, stuff we can talk about on air. And then at 11 o'clock, we used to go on air. I'd be sat there waiting on my phone, waiting for all the lines to light up. And they often do. We have five five uh, answering machines we can pick up at a time. And most of the time, all five of them are just glowing. I have to keep answering, like, hello. So so that's people, the public coming in then, wanting to talk to in and wanting to say something on the air. Was that, is that what that would yeah, be? Pe- yeah, people calling us up. Uh, yeah. Sometimes there's something completely random they want to tell us. Sometimes is actually relevant to the show. <laughs> you know, uh, we look for the most interesting, quirky people to come on and have a chat. And the amount of interesting people we got across Wales is unbelievable. You learn so much about people just picking up the phones and you start to learn who they are and who the regulars are. Uh, yeah, I was about to say that. So you've got regulars that probably know you, you know them by now. Yeah, well... They uh, they've given me loads of names over the years. I've been Jeffrey. I've been Javid. I've been <laughs> like who's this? Jesse. Oh yeah, Jeffrey. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's quite nice. You know, I never met these people. Just talked to them on the phone. Yeah. And you can build up sort of relationships. Yeah, Paul. Yeah. 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 I guess that. Brilliant. Mm. So did you did you stay? You didn't stay just with Wind, did you? I know you stayed with Radio Wales. But you didn't stay just with Wales. Wind, you shifted across. A I of moved places. over to the phone-in programme, which that was the really early start. That was like six o'clock starts. Um, for that programme, we come in first thing in the morning, see what's the headlines in the news, see what's worth talking about. And then we have a meeting then, you know, same old process. At the meeting, yeah. everyone discusses what they think would fly the best. And then I'd be ringing up people from... At past seven, you know, some people didn't like me calling them at that time, but uh, the journalists they expect it, you know, yeah, because that's their job. If yeah. they miss the phone call, they miss money, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. uh, yeah, that was a and was that a slightly different then that you were talking to professional people, if you like, rather than the public? Was it a different kind of process? Um, yeah, sort of because. Sometimes they'd want someone who goes on a commute every day. But those, even though they're the most popular ones, would be the hardest to find. Because okay. like, everybody commutes. Everyone's a mother. Everyone's a parent or whatever. So how can you choose who's the best person to speak to? Yeah. And then other times then we'd go for the professionals like uh, sports journalists or traffic experts. Yeah, so it's quite a variety there as well. We usually have yeah. to book three guests each first thing in the morning. So we'd have the expert, we'd have the everyday person, a third one then would be, it'd vary every day, depending on what the story was, really. Yeah. 
Um, I know something, uh, and this is something that strikes quite a few people actually, because there's no guarantee of a job at the end of your apprenticeship whenever you get your apprenticeship. So you've got 12 months that you're working and you're doing a good job, you're getting great feedback, but you're not being offered a contract and you're not being offered a job. And I can remember you and I having a chat in that massive room in Pinewood, actually, in a corner, mm. because yeah. you were having a bit of a crisis. You weren't yeah. sure whether it was the career for you, whether you were going to have to go back to welding after doing it 12 months or mm. whatever. Um and, and I think as well, when you're in, you were in a cohort of, I think there were 20 people, some people were much more gregarious, shall I say, than you were. And you mm. were sitting in the corner diligently doing what you were doing and doing it very well. Yeah. Um, and you were convinced that maybe that was not the way for it to work. But obviously it has worked out because you're still there and we'll get to that in a bit. Mm. Um, can you share a little bit about how you felt in that time and how you got out of it yeah of course it's a long question but (laughs) you get what Um, i'm saying i know what you mean uh well it's all during my apprenticeship i quickly realized that i'm not really the loudest person in the room so i'm not the first person people usually see so when i first went into work i'd sit at my computer you know just blinkers Mm -hmm. on do the work get it done you know, yeah. make it look like you're working constantly. Yeah. I mean, I was in Radio Wales with Connor and poor Connor, tell me what passed me. I just ignore him. I'm like, don't make it look like we're talking. And I'm just, I'm working, I'm working. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. So I quickly realized that, um, first of all, I had to relax a bit, you know, it's not hundred miles per hour constantly. The people around you are the ones who are going to help you along the way. So like talk to your neighbors, talk to whoever's in the office because for all I know they could be giving me two weeks work in the next month or so yeah really so during the apprenticeship I saw these characters and I was thinking oh right okay they are I don't want to say getting the attention but you walk into the room they're the first person you see so from a freelance point of view you see them first they're the first person across your mind so Oh, I need someone. Oh, Sonso Sonso is over there. And maybe if I'm sat quietly in the corner, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. That that was playing on my mind quite a bit during the apprenticeship. I was, I got to a point where I was thinking, I need to talk to people. Mm. And then I just couldn't do it for for a little time. Yeah. uh, uh, But I, sorry to cross you there. Oh, yeah. I, I think. I think what the apprenticeship does is give you the time to work that yeah. out, maybe. Yeah. This is just doing the apprenticeship, doing the early phases, really. Yeah. yeah. Learning where you stand and how to deal with these situations. Yeah. Because as the apprenticeship goes on, you have the safety blanket of an entire year. You have such a, um, what's the word for it? Like you guys at uh, Skill Cymru, you guys, we can come to you if we need any help. I have my mentors in the BBC who I could go to if any had any questions. You have such a back in behind you, yeah. which can help you get through these tough times because you don't mind me saying, but you've had years and years of experience. So if I, you know, I've only been doing it for a year. If I have any issues, you've probably had them five times over. <laughs> more 40 45 times over (laughs) i didn't want to say that high (laughs) 
yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, and I think that's the nice thing about the apprenticeship. You know, when when I trained, it was similar actually, but it, it was nine months on the job training. Mm. And the interesting thing with us as well is that, and people think that this was a, a nasty thing that people did, but we weren't even given credits during our training and that was to protect you so if you made any mistakes it wasn't your mistake it was the person that was training you that was doing the wrong thing yeah so so it was all about cocooning you were making sure that you were okay until you came out of training basically mm. um so because i learned in that way i try and make sure that we do the same thing with you yeah really that's um that's the idea and i think it's also you were telling me earlier on that when you come across somebody else that was in the skilled company with you that you get quite excited because you haven't seen each other for a while hope you're still wearing a t-shirt by the way oh yeah still got my t-shirts in the drawer just below somewhere <laughs> it should be on you shouldn't they <laughs> uh, i thought i'd wear a nice shirt for today i haven't seen you in a while so yeah no um because you know we're all it's like a tree the apprenticeship you know we've all gone into different branches we've all gone different directions so when we do walk across each other in this massive organization you know i think is worthy of getting excited <laughs> yeah I, I agree with you and, and not just within the organization within the industry you know within the screen industries you're going to yeah. come across yourself each other in different places i think mm. so bring us up to date now to where jesse is now then where where are you out of the apprenticeship third year is it three years out um, we, we finished the apprenticeship in 2019, three years sounds a long time, but I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but so much so has quick. happened in the last 18 months, you know, the last mm. 18 months probably feels like at least two or three years, doesn't it? You know, cause it so much has happened so and it feels like it's gone so quickly. Um, but again, we were talking earlier on and what's great is that you've worked right through the pandemic, sometimes at home, sometimes not. So tell us where you are now then. You're still Radio Wales? I'm still with Radio Wales. I'm going to be with Radio Wales so far up till September. But I have faith that maybe there'll be more work after that as well. Because, you know, I go on great with the managers. The the work is quite... I'm used to it now. And uh, throughout the pandemic, I was, I was lucky as a freelancer. Quite a few, you know, faces were disappearing because... They wanted skeleton crews in, obviously, but I was lucky because I still continued weekly, you know, coming in every day, just doing my little job. And right now, I've also expanded into other territories. So I'm not just with Radio Wales. I've also dabbled a bit with news and sport. Yeah. Yeah. So I've. Um... So a big difference there? Or. or you're just adapting and they're just kind of transferable skills I would have thought <laughs> I have like five different titles but to me they're all the same job uh, that's interesting isn't it yeah I'm a production coordinator broadcast assistant content assistant journalism coordinator but they're all the same thing just different hats <laughs> so you do think broadcast assistant to me uh, is the person that does timings and that kind of thing when you're on the air and stuff does that does that still happen no. Yep, that still happens. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're currently in leading up to the election period. So we have politicians coming in for their interviews and we have to give every party exactly oh, yeah. the same amount of yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So just Monday I was, you know, calculating times, making sure we wasn't spending too long with a certain person. Yeah. So you do that with your BA hats on. And then if yeah. you're a content assistant, you just kind of carry it a bit further, I take it. Ish. Um, 
content assistant, uh, I mainly booking, say, cars out for, you know, the sports presenters and making sure they can get their accreditations to go into, you know, the big stadiums and stuff, doing payments, you know, it's like the the behind the scenes work, you know, yeah, so the you little like things the you normally think about. PMA and telly kind of thing in BBC, probably. Yeah. Maybe, or a coordinator, yeah. Mm, so the paperwork side yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. That's great though, isn't it? Because you're seeing the whole gambit of what happens right yeah. through the back there, really, which is brilliant. It's kind of taking you into the future mm. because it means that you've seen so many jobs. You could go all over the place if you wanted to. Yeah, I, I, you know, who would be the way I see right now? I have so many paths I could go down. Yeah, I'm a bit spoilt for choice. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so what's the idea now? You were telling me earlier on that you're booked in the BBC until at least September and, and that's where you want to be doing mm. a bit of everything yeah but yeah I'm, um, I'm currently booked as freelancer in several departments up until September I have been applying for contracts here and there but I'm starting to think you know the freelancing's going quite well so why don't I just wait it out a bit until a contract comes up which I really want then I'll jump on that one once I get yeah. all this experience how how about commercial radio? And this is me. I don't know. I don't know anything much about working in mm. radio. So does that appeal, or is it something that you think? Oh no, I, I don't fancy it at all. Or, or moving from radio to telly? I don't. I don't know. Um, commercial radio at the moment is a very difficult beast to handle because uh, loads of commercial radios here in Wales, they've been what's the word taken over by oh, London. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So the jobs are few and far between. If anything, commercial are coming over to us. <laughs> looking oh yeah, for jobs. I see what you mean. So so what's happening is they run from from over the border. They and they don't have their own mm. staff in Wales. Oh yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been. I think that only happened quite recently, to be honest, because we, we used to have loads of great stations here in Wales, but one by one they've sort of slowly yeah shutting down. Yeah. So I'm. Uh, quite happy where I am yeah and and you wouldn't fancy moving across to telly yeah you're not fed up with radio and fancy um, using your skills there yeah radio is my passion that's the first place I start is the place I want to stay loyal to yeah. I've done a bit in tv I've worked on politics <laughs> Wales just guest coordinating and stuff but uh yeah my real passion's in radio but in this career you've got to stay fluid so if tv comes up and there's a proper good job there you can't ignore it yeah it's all loads of transferable skills anyway definitely especially what you were saying to me now I, I was just thinking because there are so many uh, coordinator type posts in telly mm. that there's a shortage for that you've got the skills that if ever you wanted to go that way you you know you're ready made yeah you know, just come and talk to me and i can put <laughs> you in the point you in the right direction as always <laughs> i know what to come to <laughs> Well, I think we can finish that, you see. All right. And good luck for the future. Oh, thank you very much, Sue.